Hey everyone, it's Omar Kanawi. I'm a lifelong Red living in Los Angeles, and this is the Liverpool Play. So the final international break of 2019 is in mid-swing right now, and uh, there's been, you know, obviously a lot of um, good news for the international teams, England qualifying for the Euros next year, and uh, a lot of other teams starting to book their passage through to the tournament. Um, so it's been a bit more exciting than your typical international break. However, it hasn't really been anything compared to what Liverpool have been treating us to uh, recently. So I wanted to take this opportunity when we've got, you know, not the real football to look back at possibly the biggest game in world football right now. Definitely the biggest game of our season it was the Champions of Europe versus the Champions of England. Manchester City at home and uh, what a game it was. I know we've everyone's talked about it to death. Everyone has analysed it and reanalysed it and looked at it. But, you know, I wanted to have a shot at it too. And um, I think given that it's been just over a week since the uh, incredible feats of that day, why not relive the moment and enjoy it with me? You know, there was so much riding on this game, you know, in the Premier League, in the head-to-head since uh, Klopp. And Pep had taken charge of Liverpool and City. Their records in the Premier League read two wins each and two draws. Um, so really neck and neck. Uh, couldn't really separate them at all. Um, yes, Klopp has the edge for sure in the Champions League. He's got the two wins there uh, a couple of years ago. The scintillating performances, both home and away, that we all remember so well. The 3-0 at home at Anfield and then the 2-1 away to beat them in their own patch. Um but you have to say, you know, Guardiola had joined City a little bit later than Klopp. You know, Klopp joined in October and Pep Guardiola wouldn't uh, join them until the summer of 2016. And they did have a head start in terms of resources, in terms of the stature where the club was at, in terms of having already won a Premier League, you know, a couple of times under Mancini and then Pellegrini. Uh, but you have to say that in the time that both managers have been there, you know, Pep Guardiola has been the more successful. They've won two titles to our none, uh, you know, back-to-back, doing that for the first time in a decade. They've been cleaning up domestically. They've won two League Cups, an FA Cup, two Community Shields, um, really just sweeping everything on, on home soil. But, and here's the big but, Liverpool have been outperforming them in Europe. And, uh, you know, we won... Obviously, the biggest one of all, the one that they definitely won, the Champions League, uh, the one that they want more than anything else. And, um, you know, we were able to finally get that last season after coming so close the previous season. And I do believe that our European dominance is starting to translate into home performances as well. We're catching up to City. I really felt that this game would be a really good barometer of where Liverpool were at in terms of being considered among the elite in not just Europe, but, you know, obviously at home you would think that the competition would be easier, but uh, it's honestly very difficult with the teams that we have, you know, the it's not really even looking like a top six anymore, it's looking like a top eight, you know, you've got Leicester can do really well to get in there, and, uh, you know, Sheffield United, who thought, obviously they're not going to be around for... Uh, for the foreseeable, but, you know, having a great season, Chelsea definitely picking it up. 
uh, and obviously City being so, so strong. Um, then you look at United and Arsenal and Tottenham, and they're not having great seasons, but still big teams that can take points off people on their day. So I really did think that in a in a very tough league, Liverpool have been starting to show some dominance and we've been starting to catch up to City. And I think this game proved to be a real shift in a, the power balance in England, you know, uh, to not only beat City, but to beat them so convincingly uh, in a game where, yes, they had opportunities, but we had more opportunities as well, could have scored more. Yes, they could have scored more. You know, Sergio Aguero, guilty a few big misses. But you have to say that Liverpool really turned it on and in their biggest game of their season, probably delivered one of their best performances of the season and such uh, a vital time to do it. Uh, you know, the performances haven't been incredible. The The results have been amazing and have gotten us where we are, but the performances have left a little bit to be desired and we were starting to, you know, wonder when we would be able to kick into gear. And, um, you know, I still think Liverpool have a couple of gears to go, which is really scary uh, and City, you could say the same for, but, you know, City have also had a few games this season where the opposition haven't turned up. You see Watford, you know, 8-0. Uh, you see, you know, the games that they've had where teams come to the Etihad and, and just kind of don't really put up a fight, which, you know, isn't what you could say against Liverpool. Everyone's trying to knock the uh, European champions off their perch. Everyone's trying to get one over on Liverpool. We're the only unbeaten team in the Premier League, so everyone wants that scalp. And so you really have to tick your hat off, as I say a lot of the time, to Klopp and the boys for what they're doing, because it really is miraculous. I've never witnessed anything like this Liverpool team, and just the way that they're so relentless, just get the job done. So um, to look back on the game, obviously everyone knows the scoreline, 3-1 to the Reds, and it didn't flatter them, really. Um, you know, it could have been further out uh, of sight if we'd taken a, a couple more chances. Yes, City... Missed a couple as well as we got onto, and just a fantastic way to take charge with those two quick fire goals from Fabino and Salah, and then wrapping the points up in the second half with Mane before they got their uh, inevitable consolation goal. We weren't able to keep the clean sheet that we wanted, but you know, still a fantastic performance against the champions, a team that have over the last two seasons got an average of 99 points a season, and that is so tough to take on a team like that and, and just, you know, be more intense and be better than them on the day. And I think we were. So I'm just going to run through the game and the players that played that day and give out some ratings. So in goal, Alison Becker, I thought, had a decent game. You know, he made a really good save from Aguero in the first half. I thought he was busier after the break. Uh, definitely helped ease that pressure that we faced when uh, City were just getting corner after corner. He just really was a calming influence and, and made a fantastic uh, vital block in a couple of uh, moments. Um, he couldn't really do anything about their goal. It was a very good finish from Bernardo Silva right in the corner that most goalkeepers would have struggled with. So I think he had a really good game and I would give Alison Becker an 8 out of 10. Trent Alexander-Arnold is for me, been one of the most outstanding, not just Liverpool players this season, but Premier League players this season. So creative. He's been like a Kevin De Bruyne for us, but from defence and, uh, you know, spraying these crosses and that, that set up for Robertson to then cross in for Salah is probably one of the best team goals you'll see this season. So fantastic. Um, and so I thought, you know, Alexander-Arnold had a really good game. That sumptuous pass that we just talked about and 
you know, did find it a little bit tough against Sterling in the second half, who Sterling has also been one of the other form players in the Premier League, and anyone is going to struggle against his pace and trickery um, and his movement too, because he's just gotten a lot more good at that. I think he's a very clever footballer, Sterling. But, uh, you know, I thought Alexander-Arnold had a really good um, game overall, um, apart from maybe trying to deal with Sterling a little bit more and then bringing Oxlade-Chamberlain in up front and then moving Hendo across to help him out. I think helped uh, to see out some of that danger. Uh, but yeah, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold had a very solid game and I'd give him a 7 out of 10. In the centre of defence, I think Dejan Lovren had a really decent game. He always likes to, uh, Klopp likes to pick him against the big teams. He likes to play him against City. And his aggression showed. I think he was really great against Aguero. But, you know, he had, um, he had a tough time because anyone's going to have a tough time against uh, those that caliber of opposition but he really held his own and uh, I think he was very tough and strong in the first half um, you know could have maybe scored from a corner um, and really fantastic after the after the break where he made interception after interception block and block and put his body on the line as he always does for the cause so for me Dejan Lovren had a great game definitely one of the better performers on the night and I'd give him an 8 out of 10. Virgil van Dijk, I thought, was really, really solid on the day. As always, you don't expect anything less from the Dutchman. I think Lovren just about shaded the game, but, uh, you know, van Dijk was still fantastic. Um, And it's obviously going to be, again, as we said, tough dealing with City's attacking options and talent, but he is just so solid and dependable that even one-on-one against their attack, you would back him to win it. And, uh, you know, he gets a vital touch. On Angelino's shot, that would puts it against the post. It might have been going in otherwise. Um, and again, in the second half, all those interceptions, getting his head on everything, getting commanding, making sure we stayed in line for free kicks and corners, putting them offside, moving us up the field. So what a you know what a leader he is, and uh, I just love him to death. So Virgil Van Dijk scored an eight out of ten for me. I thought Andy Robertson had a fantastic game as well. You know, obviously it's going to be very hard trying to deal with Bernardo Silva, but he was able to race down the wing. Incredible cross for Salah's goal, as we've said. And, uh, you know, just causing so many problems for them in the second half. And what a fantastic outlet he is. You know, he seems rarely to to get caught out uh, in position as well, which is one thing you might be able to say against Trent. But, you know, Robbo is just so much more sound defensively as well. But going forward, he is incredible. So a real all-round package, this guy. And he's starting to get goals as well as his assists. And uh, yeah, just long may it continue. I think he's fantastic and I wouldn't swap him for any left back. So I would give Andy Robertson an 8 out of 10. Fabinho, for me, man of the match. And it wasn't just his incredible goal, obviously, that added a couple uh, little brownie points. But what a way to start the game. What a way to, you know, announce yourself at the biggest stage and just, you know, incredible. That ball just kept on moving. If he hadn't stopped it from the net, it'd still be going now. It was such a pure, low, crisp strike. And those angles, we've seen them all from behind the goal, from all the different angles. It was just beautiful. A real thing of beauty, especially after a bit of, you know, controversy in the other box. And, you know, we could have been trying to just see where the game was, feel it out. But Fabina wasn't having any of that. They get a clearance from Gundogan that doesn't go too far. And he just pelts it like he's been doing that every single day. So, you know, what a what a great goal. But he did so much more than the goal. You know, he was breaking up city attack after city attack. He was recycling the ball, using it, 
being very on the front foot, making sure that we were penning them in. There isn't many players that I've seen who can not just do the destroyer job, but can also play and can also pass it forward. And he reminds me a bit of, you know, Harman, but also mixed with someone like Henderson in that he, you know, has that just ability, the long legs to break up attacks, but then he does something with it. He sprays it to either corner, you know, he sprays it to the sides, to the wings. He'll pass it straight. He'll take a shot. You know, maybe Henderson isn't the best uh, example, but, you know, he's not quite the, the passing range of an Alonso, but, you know, he's definitely in in that bracket of like a playmaker as well. So what a, you know, what a player this guy is. And uh, I'm just so glad that he's at Liverpool because there's not many better. You know, Kante is an incredible defensive midfielder at Chelsea. You've got other box-to-box midfielders that probably can get around the field more, but, you know, Fabinho does his role to a T, and uh, I really wouldn't want anyone else. Um, he definitely kept going after the break and made sure that there were no gaps, um, having to cover a lot of space and uh, and just put himself about brilliantly. I think Fabinho was man of the match for me, and he gets a 9 out of 10. I thought Hendo had a really good game too, given that he had illness uh, the night before and was feeling sick in the build-up to this game. It's incredible that he was able to put in the shift, the absolute shift that he did for those 60 minutes. It was a real sight to see and um, just so much endeavour on the right midfield. He was, you know, playing uh, some pretty risky passes. Some of them weren't coming off, but, you know, it's his run. It's an incredible long-bursting run early in the second half and puts it on a plate for Mane. So what an assist that was. Um, But... Really uh, just a fantastic performance from him. Even though he gets subbed at 60 minutes, I thought he had a really decent game and I would give Jordan Henderson an 8 out of 10. I thought this was one of Genie Wijnaldum's best games in Liverpool shirt. He was just everywhere, getting on top of players, making things happen, being very creative, picking the ball up, linking the play. He was just doing so much work and made the other City players look pretty average, which is incredible you know, brushing people off and just showing his strength, which is incredible. And um, in that opening quarter when City were pretty much on top, Wijnaldum was one of the reasons that we didn't go under. He was so solid and just kept the ball, kept things moving um, and, you know, really just in bossed the play uh, in the second half, especially. And, you know, his, his possession was always intelligent. Uh, it was always... Um, there was always an end product to it, and I just thought he had a fantastic game. So I would give Genie Wijnaldum a 9 out of 10. I thought Salah had a really good uh, time of it. You know, he was up for this one. You could tell that it's been a bit of a troubled time for him with his ankle injury, especially now seeing in the international break that he's been on in a boot, in a protective boot. So obviously he wasn't quite up to it, at, um, you know, with, with all the uh, issues that he's been having physically. But you could tell that mentally he was into this and was so, so up for it. And, uh, you know, he'd been running in behind all game and he's been causing them trouble. And he always manages to score against City. That's another goal for him against them. And what a beautiful way to finish that sumptuous team move it was. Just heading it back where it came. It looked like he'd been doing that, you know, like he was playing with some mates in the park. But what a big game it was, or a big goal it was. And uh, he's a little bit quieter in the second half, given that, Everyone was defending and, uh, you know, he was a bit isolated. But I thought Salah had an incredible game. It was really good to see him score. And I hope that given that he wasn't really going to be playing with Egypt, given his injury, that he can come back now fresh and hopefully he can play against 
uh, Crystal Palace at the weekend. So we'll have to see on that. But I would give Mo Salah an 8 out of 10. So I'd say Bobby Firmino had a really good game. He's probably the quietest of the front three on the day, but uh, still was able to, you know, cause them to have to make a couple saves, some really good shots on the turn, and, um, you know, was just able to press and hold up the ball and bring in everybody into play so nicely. So um, I think Firmino had a good game. I think he was solid without being spectacular. I give Bobby Firmino a 7 out of 10. And Mane, what, what a player this guy is. He's just starting to be a menace. You know, every game that he plays, he is a reliable source of goals. He's also just able to get pick the right moments and just score when it matters and, and really just kill games off or get us the points or start, you know, the winning streak or whatever it is. This time he secured the points for us with an incredible header at the far post. Definitely didn't seem favourite when uh, Kyle Walker was there next to it. And um, yeah, it's just so, so talented. Um, most of his work in the first half, you know, uh, chasing down lost causes and and then, you know, getting, uh, helping Robbo defend on the, on the left flank and just doing all his work and not shirking his duties. Uh, but then in the second half, he was able to show a bit more of that attacking prowess. Like I said, doing that diving header um, and, you know, just really being a, a nuisance, getting his goal um, and just was always plugging away. So I think for me, Mane was was a real match winner on the day and uh, was, was fantastic. I'd give him an 8 out of 10. And then for the subs, I would give uh, James Milner, who came in for Henderson, a 7 out of 10. I think he had a half-hour slot to play the game. I think he did a really good job in midfield, which was reshuffled, was able to help provide a bit more of that cover for Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was up against Sterling at the time. And uh, yeah, just thought he was able to shore things up a little bit. So I'd give James Milner another 7 out of 10. And then for the other two uh, subs, who didn't really play enough to give them a result. But uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I thought, did really well. Uh, you know, looked a bit dangerous when he came on, as he always likes to do against City. And it was such a, a nice boost for us at that point in the game when City had just scored and we were trying to get players on. And for him to give the crowd that boost, I think it did help us see us over the line. Uh, and Joe Gomez too, you know, just a bit more protection Again, helping Trent against Sterling, who was having a tough time at that point. But, you know, uh, they got into a little bit of uh, argy-bargy and it showed its head on England duty with Sterling scratching him in the face and having the altercation. But, uh, you know, Joe Gomez is not one to show for challenge and I'm glad that he is now back uh, with the Liverpool team and, and just training and hopefully his missing the second England game wasn't due to an injury or anything like that, but just you know, getting back fit and, and match fit. So, um, yeah, really excited to have Joe Gomez playing uh, and have him contributing like this. And I thought he did a good job sewing up the game. So as I was saying earlier, I do believe this game really had the hallmarks of a power shift happening in the Premier League from, from City towards Liverpool. And you've got to say that Klopp is just a mastermind. He's been able to take a team that had a fraction of the resources and no experience of winning, you know, big competitions recently and has made them from originally from nearly an also rounds to now starting to win things and starting to expect to win every game and to having that taste of victory and wanting more and more of it. And it's all been delivered on Klopp's beaming smile, 
and and I think he's making Guardiola jealous. It's which is a weird thing to say that Guardiola, who's won so much in his career, that's won so much in England since moving here, and I think that there's this narrative that he's built up in his head that you've seen in the uh, Amazon documentary, and he's been saying it in press conferences in pre-seasons, even last season when they were both in the states. You know, getting having a go at Klopp for uh, being the popular one. But I think that, you know, Klopp is one of these people who just lights up a room. He's one of those people who's got so much charisma and everyone just loves him and no one's got a bad word to say about him and everyone votes for him to win, you know, the best coach awards and, you know, people just like his style and the way he does things. And I think it rubs Guardiola the wrong way. I think that he wants to be the center of it. I think he feels that City maybe justifiably aren't getting a lot of credit for their achievements. You know, they didn't get as many column inches as far as I could see when we won the Champions League as they did for winning the English treble, which is, I believe, the first time that's ever happened. The Eng- the Premier League, the, the FA Cup and the uh, Carabao Cup. I mean, it's an incredible achievement. It's never been done. But, you know, yes, they had column inches, but there was nothing compared to what Liverpool got as far as I saw. And, you know, they don't the thing that City are struggling with, and I think, you know, um, Pep has even kind of uh, made reference to this after the game, is that they don't necessarily have the historical fan base of Liverpool. They don't have the history. They don't have that just raw emotional bond to the club that takes decades to build. That's not something that you can build in in a, in a, in five, ten years that City have been a dominant force. You know, he mentioned that uh, himself, Pep, that after the game, saying that City have only just become elite in the last 10 years, you know, but these other teams, including Liverpool, have been there for 50, 60, 70 years and, you know, have been in this bracket for a long time. And so I don't doubt that if City keep on spending the money and they keep on, you know, getting good managers and good teams, that they're obviously going to be challenging, uh, hopefully not winning uh, the league, but hopefully challenging. And they're probably going to become one of those bigger teams like Liverpool. But uh, at the time being, it does smack a little bit of an inferiority complex, which is ridiculous when you think of all the money that City have had access to and whether they've used or not and committing financial fair play, you know, uh, breaches when is And that's ridiculous when you think of all the money that they've got um, to even not be playing fair. But... It's it's just it's a really interesting thing to me that Guardiola seems to perpetuate this idea of oh you know well no one cares about what we do so we just have to keep it's we're expected to win and you know unless we do the Champions League then and even if we win the Champions League then no one's going to care and you know Liverpool win a few games and everyone's raving about them it's like well you know that may be part of the narrative I don't know if there's more Liverpool fans working in publications and media probably uh for sure in punditry uh but no i mean i think liverpool's style of play and klopp's mannerisms and the never give up attitude makes them this box office team that you want to watch that you want to support that you want to follow i would wager that most people's second team if they're not liverpool fans is liverpool i would wager that people want to watch those games they're the most exciting games that's why they get a lot of we get a lot of the tv uh, match, uh, you know, share, you know, we get a lot of those games. We made, um, 
more in the Champions League, I believe, last season than any other team. And we had so many televised games. So people are wanting to see Liverpool take control of of everything. And, and I think that, you know, while that's happening and now we are seeming to get, be a dominant force, not only in Europe, but also in England, I think it's only going to affect Pep more and more. I don't know if it doesn't go all his way, how he's going to cope, because he's not used to that. He's used to being having the best team in every league and and just winning. That was just kind of his modus operandi. He has the biggest clubs with the biggest money, gets the best players and wins the wins the league pretty easily. And that's what he's had, you know, not last season, but the season before winning at a canter. But last season he knew he was in for a fight. And this season they definitely do, especially, you know, obviously taking the points off them. It's going to be hard to see a way that Liverpool might, you know, it's it's so hard to say because we've been in the situation before with a similar kind of points tally. But then City always had a game in hand or two games in hand when they were uh, when we were seven points ahead. We we're eight points ahead at this point with no extra game with no extra games for them. Um, you'd have to see Liverpool losing several times, and let's not forget Leicester and Chelsea have both you know played. Uh, we've played all three of them. We've beaten all three of them. So we've beaten the teams around us, which is vital. And, you know, yes, uh, Leicester and, and City and Chelsea could take points off each other and they could take points off of us, but they could also take points off of each other. I think it's more likely that City lose another game than Liverpool lose the four games or something. But yes, we could always start drawing. You never know. There's so many games in December. So I'm not getting too carried away. I'm not getting too excited. But let's just say that if Liverpool can somehow get through this crazy period through end of November to December and into January and not be too far behind or still ahead and maybe still in first place, then, I mean, at that point, you really have to start believing for real. You know, you have to start being... uh, I'm no longer a doubter. I've not been for a couple of seasons now on the clock. But I, I think Liverpool feel like they can and 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 try to win every single game but at that point I'll be very very upset if we then don't go on and and make it win uh and in this 30 year curse that we've been having you know we need to I haven't I can't remember the last time that we won the league I was too young to enjoy that moment so this would really be the first one properly in my life and uh, what an incredible way it would be to to get it it would cement Klopp's legendary status um, and I just think, you know, it's something that these players are good enough to do. And I think these group of players that have won the Champions League are some of the best I've ever seen in Liverpool shirt, and they deserve to rank among the club's elite. So um, winning a Premier League would just solidify that for everyone. They would be absolute. They're already legends because they won the Champions League, but that would just take it to another level, I think. And the pandemonium you'd see in, in Liverpool would probably rival what we saw with the Champions League. I, I would want to be there for that for sure. Uh, or at the very least watch it at my pub in Los Angeles. And just before that, you know, before that huge game, there, there was just the small matter of Liverpool taking control of their Champions League group with a 2-1 victory over Genk. Again, the midfielders stepping up, Wijnaldum and Chamberlain got the goals either side of a set piece from Genk, uh, where we're again conceding goals from set pieces. But... Uh, while the defence does still need to improve, we're still conceding a goal a game. Again, it's these issues that are just coming up, you know, that are all very different. So I don't think there's a systemic problem. Uh, and you have to say that having taken on City and beaten them convincingly, 
that Liverpool don't have any obvious weaknesses. They were trying to exploit them for sure. They were trying to be on the front foot and attack. But Liverpool just had a game plan and just wanted to perfection. It was counter-attacking. It was ruthless. It was effective. It was quick. And um, yeah, just, just an incredible time to be a Liverpool fan right now. So looking ahead to the game against Roy's Crystal Palace, uh, it's going to be tough, obviously, playing away at Selhurst Park. They haven't had a good run this season in terms of their home form. And yes, they've lost like Aaron Wan-Bissaka and players like that. They were very solid. But, you know, you don't want to be up against Crystal Palace when they have a good day because they've shown they can beat anyone. They've beaten us. They've beaten City in the last few seasons. So, you know, it's it's definitely not a game that we need, we can take lightly. And away at Crystal Palace, you're always going to be very thankful if you can get away with three points. So with that said, and I'm hoping that most of the team is back at Melwood now. I know the English lads were a bit sooner than uh, most other countries, you know, being done with their second game on Sunday. But as the players come back, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to field at rest and field a pretty strong team, a solid team. This is something that I'd be looking at with this. And um, I just think we're going to maybe go with a bit of experience in this one and just try and make sure that we don't lose the game. And I think, you know, obviously try and go and win it. So uh, I think in goal, it's going to be Allison unless he's got an injury, um, which it doesn't look like it. Uh, so I think it'll be Allison in goal. And then I personally think it's going to be Trent, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Gomez playing this game. So, but I do think it'll be Trent. I think it'll be Van Dyke. I think it'll be Lovren and then Robertson. And then in midfield, again, I think this is going to be a game for his tried and trusted lieutenants. I think this could be a game for Milner. Um, alongside Fabinho and maybe one of Wijnaldum or Henderson. If I had to say right now, I'd probably say Henderson. But when him and Milner play in the same team, it doesn't tend to work that well. So I'll actually change that. And I think it will be Fabinho, uh, Milner and Wijnaldum. Or, and if it's not Milner, then I think it'll be Hendo. And then up front, you've got Salah, you've got Fabinho, you've got Mane. Now, obviously... Salah has been in that protective boot, so there's a small chance that he's not going to play. And if that happens, I think Divock Origi is tailor-made. He'll come in, hold up the ball, and you know run at them and, and cause them problems. Um, I think this is a game, obviously, Liverpool will try to win, and they should win. Having just beaten City, a bit of a deflation if we manage to then drop points at the first hurdle afterwards. We really have to just make this count. And Obviously, every game we want to win and get the points. So they're all important, vitally important games. But you really have to try and win these games away at an opponent that is not doing well on, on home turf right now. So um, Selhurst Park isn't the fortress that it has been in the past for them. And we need to make the most of that. So, um, yeah, if I had to select a score for this game, I would say I don't think Liverpool are going to keep a clean sheet just yet. Uh, although I don't think we're going to concede more than one. Uh, I think this could be a 3-1 to Liverpool. I think uh, Mane might get a couple goals and uh, maybe one of the midfielders chipping in again. Perhaps it's Lallana or Oxlade-Chamberlain off the bench. Something like that. So I think a 3-1 to Liverpool is on the cards and uh, and what a fantastic result that would be. So join me again after the game against Crystal Palace where we'll look back at the clash and look ahead to our game against Napoli in the Champions League. Thanks so much for listening and up the Reds.